We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my beautiful friends. So honored to be spending a little bit of time with you here today on Empower Radio. Yes, our intimate relationships can be very challenging, and the relationships with our bodies can be very confusing. Put these two things together, and what do we have? Great potential. The potential for things to be really bad or really amazing. Today, we're talking to the authors of Love Me Slender, how smart couples team up to lose weight, exercise more, and stay healthy together. One of my incredible previous guests, Harville Hendricks, deemed the relationship whisperer by Oprah Winfrey, has said Love Me Slender shares with people how they can use their relationship to cultivate optimal health, well-being, happiness, as well as their ideal weight. And who doesn't want that? So I have the authors of Love Me Slender here today to share some smart, slender couple secrets on Journey to Center. We are joined by Dr. Thomas Bradbury and Dr. Benjamin Carney. Dr. Bradbury earned his bachelor's in psychobiology from Hamilton College, his master's in general psychology from Wake Forest University, and his PhD in clinical psychology from the University of Illinois. He's been the professor of psychology at the University of California since 1990. Dr. Bradbury specializes in using interviews and in-home observations to examine how intimate relationships develop and change over time. In 2000, Dr. Bradbury received the Distinguished Teaching Award from UCLA. Additionally, he was the recipient of the American Psychology Association's Distinguished Early Career Award. Dr. Bradbury has published more than 100 research articles and has edited two books, Every year, Dr. Bradbury also teaches a large undergraduate class and small honor seminars on intimate relationships. He has also served as a member of the Scientific Advisory Panel at eHarmony. I find that fascinating. We are also joined by Dr. Benjamin Carney. Dr. Carney earned his bachelor's in psychology from Harvard University and his master's and PhD in social psychology from the University of California. Dr. Carney was a professor at the University of Florida where he received numerous awards for his teaching before joining the faculty in the Department of Psychology at UCLA, where he has also received the Distinguished Teaching Award from the Department of Psychology in 2011. Dr. Carney offers graduate and undergraduate classes on intimate relationships, and he has been published extensively. He has also been honored for early achievement career and directed research funded by the National Institute of Health, the Administration on Children and Families, and the Department of Defense. Together, Bradbury and Carney founded and co-direct the Relationship Institute at UCLA, a center dedicated to disseminating the results of relationship science to the public. So Dr. Carney and Dr. Bradbury, we're so happy to have you disseminating your wisdom here today on Empower Radio. Well, thanks for having us, Tammy. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So you know something I've noticed, doctors? People, when they settle into relationships, weight settles in as well. Is this something that you see quite frequently, often, sometimes, never? That's a very reliable, that happens all the time. That is one of the most reliable findings we know about in the relationships literature, indeed. And why is this? You can imagine a number of reasons. <clears throat> I can think of two in particular. 
One is uh, people actually tend to eat more when they're eating with someone than when they're eating alone. Meals tend to be slower, and the, the longer you spend at the table, the more you tend to eat. The second reason, and uh, this is, uh, uh, won't come as a surprise to lots of people, is that uh, first comes love, then comes marriage, and then uh, after people experience a baby carriage, uh, there tends to be less time for exercise, less time for shopping and cooking healthy foods, and so people tend to gain weight, especially when they enter the parental stage of marriage. I guess that makes sense. So, yeah, I, I also feel like when you're happy and you're not trying to attract someone, you're, you're, you're maybe not on your A game so much. You know, a lot of my friends used to work out, but once they get in a relationship, it's like, oh, you know, I already got the guy. <laughs> so uh, it's easy to become a little bit lackadaisical around we've our We've actually health. done research on that point. Have uh, you really? So, yeah, we did uh, research on, the, on newlyweds over the first four years of their marriage and looked at how their weight fluctuates, uh, for, you know, every six months. We found that couples gained more weight when they were happiest with their marriages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was the couples that were, um, when they were a little bit less happy, that they lost weight. And that's very consistent with your idea that when people are feeling like their marriage is locked in, they sometimes let themselves go, especially when they're younger. But when they're a little concerned about possibility, possibly having to find other partners, that's when people are, make sure they're at the gym more often. It's hard to get fit. That's, that's kind of sad and kind of interesting. Um, something I found very interesting about your book, um, the behaviors that are most central to determining our weight are also linked to closeness and com- communication. So you're saying if we feel close and intimate and are really happy, maybe the fitness also comes into play? How does that work? Well, we spend a lot of time with our partners, right? We are uh, very profoundly influenced by the person we live our lives with, the person we share a bed with, the person we share a pantry with, the person we share a kitchen with, right? So it's inevitable that how that person thinks about food, how they think about their body, how they think about our body is going to affect the habits that we follow each and every day in our relationship, whether it's easy to get cookies or whether they're nowhere to be found in the house, whether it's easy to get on a treadmill or whether it's hard. So our relationships are so, they become almost invisible to us when we've been in them for any length of time. But when we as scientists take a step back and see all the power that exists within relationships, we can see that all of that influence comes to bear on what we eat and how much we exercise and how good we look in the end. Okay, that makes sense. So you write about something I personally found to be interesting. Implementing three basic principles can strengthen our partnerships in a lot of different ways. So I would like to hear more about that. I've got my pen out because I think these three principles are so, it was so vital and so helpful for me. And so I'm looking forward to hearing more about the details. Here are the details. Uh, there are three principles that, when we sat down to write this book and we thought, what is it about relationships that make them uniquely powerful in influencing our health? Uh, more powerful than, than you know, a, a friendship or, the, or even a doctor or, or a healthcare professional. And we came up with three things that make relationships unique. And, and they won't really be a surprise once you pay attention to them. Here's the first. Partners in relationships influence each other. There's a mutual influence in relationships that's stronger than the influence between anybody else. Because you're, as, as Tom was just saying, our partners are with us all the time. So they can influence us in big ways and small ways more than anybody else. 
And that's influence we can exploit to affect each other's health. Second principle, our partners have the potential to understand us. So if the first principle is influence, the second principle is understanding. Our partners can understand us more deeply than anybody else. A doctor's not going to understand why it's hard for me to lose weight or why it's hard for me to get to the gym, as well as my partner who knows me so well. And our partner also can misunderstand me, and that's, those misunderstandings are also more uh, impactful. So the first principle, influence. Second principle, understanding. And the third principle is the principle of long-term commitment. Sure, our doctor wants us to, to, to be healthy, but our partners are committed to us for the long term. And so our partners can help us see the long-term consequences of our actions, which is a big deal because a lot of times when, in terms of losing weight, uh, what's really a distraction is the short-term temptation. It's hard for us to keep our long-term goals in mind when there's a chocolate cake in front of us. Our partners are the ones who remind us, wait a minute, I want to grow old with somebody. I want to see grandchildren with somebody. So our partners are uniquely qualified to help us see the long term. And that's the third principle. So influence, understanding, and long-term commitment are the three things that give an intimate relationship its power. Yeah, in all arenas, not just with our health and fitness, but in, in every regard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's very interesting. So something I found that you wrote that I, I didn't understand, I'd like to know more about. You say reassurance and praise can actually be a bad thing. Like it can backfire when you're attempting to support someone in changing their habits. Why would that be? This, was, uh, this surprised us as much as it surprised you. And the, um, the reason is is. Because think about any kind of change that you want to make. If your partner or anybody else reassures you that actually things are pretty much okay the way they are right now, you don't need to make a change. Honey, I think you look fantastic just the way you look right now. And your partner will say, oh, thanks. I'll, I'll sit on the couch and um, have some more chips, right? So it's important for us to be reassured for who we are and even for what our goals are. But we also need a little bit of uh, 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 tough love. We need um, a kick in the seat of the pants that says, honey, I I do love you the way you are, no matter what. Like, my love for you is unconditional, no question. But if you have health goals or if either of us really want to live a long, healthy life together, we got to get moving. And um, for that person, reassurance isn't enough. We need to reassure our, par- our partners for who they are and that we're not going anywhere, that we're going to be with them in the long haul. But at the same time, they need somebody to say, I'm not sure that cake is the right thing right now. You know, let's, let's have cake on Saturdays or let's, let's taper back a little bit. Let's have salad for a couple of days. And that's, the, uh, that's sort of the traction that we need to feel good about who we are right now but also get the guidance and the encouragement and even um, some, uh, some um, uh, scaffolding around what the goals that we're really trying to achieve. So reassurance isn't enough. If reassurance were enough, you know, we would have made, all of us would have made many changes long ago in a good relationship. Fascinating. Yeah, you would think just uh, encouraging or uh, being positive would be enough, but you're saying we also have to have the, the, the tough love and maybe the, the, the stronger conversation. There's another right. downside sometimes to, to reassurance, which is <clears throat> that, and, and this also was a surprise to us, 
sometimes when, when our partners say, oh, you know, I, I'm feeling bad about myself, the wrong thing to say is, no, you're just fine. Because that actually can come across as invalidating. Mm. Like if someone says, I have a problem and I'm trying to deal with it, they don't want you to say, no, you don't have a problem. They want you to say, hey, right. I have faith that you'll be able to overcome that problem, which is a slightly different thing. That's, right. that's, uh, that We see couples missing that all the time. Yeah, you don't want to discount how somebody's feeling. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that can be a delicate balance because weight can bring up a lot of emotional stuff. If somebody doesn't feel good about their bodies, uh, it can bring up a lot of complex dynamics, as I'm sure you guys know. That, that was a huge surprise in our tapes. And, and in Love Me Slender, we sort of grapple with that idea of um, how um, conversations about weight quickly veer into conversations about appearance, which quickly veer into conversations about how do I look in these clothes and why don't you look as good as you did when I married you? And um, partners, people, we saw over and over again in our videotapes of couples having these conversations, they weren't prepared for the depth of the emotions in these conversations. And they were in, you know, they were in rough terrain very quickly. And rather than, and because they didn't know how to proceed, they loved each other, but they didn't want to hurt each other. They often back off. They often sort of leave the issue alone. They don't talk about it. Love Me Slender is a gentle way into those issues for couples. Uh-huh. It's a way of saying, you, you're concerned about your partner's health. You're concerned about your health. Maybe you're 45, 55 years old. You're not that 25-year-old world beater that you used to be, but you're doing fine. You just need to take good care of yourself and take good care of your partner. But Every time we have this conversation, it blows up. It explodes. I, I tell her that I, you know, I think it'd be really good for her to, to exercise more. And immediately she gets on my case and says, I need to exercise more. You know, how do, I, how do I get out of that trap? We wrote Love Me Slender to help exactly that couple to say, here's some quizzes you can take to check in. Uh, on one another and what's good about your relationship, what you're already doing well, and how you can exploit those resources to help each other eat right, move more, so you can both feel good about yourself and feel good about the partnership that you're forming as you're becoming more healthy. Yeah, that's that's a beautiful intention because I know, you know, in dealing with couples myself, if the woman, it's typically the woman, I don't know what you guys see in your studies, but with me, it's like I work with women and they are heavy and the men tend to be able to stay fit a little easier. And it's like, you don't think I'm attractive. And I have to separate and go, you don't feel attractive to yourself, do you? And they're like, no. So nothing that guy is going to do is going to make them feel better about themselves until they take responsibility for themselves. So it's very delicate interaction because the guy's like i don't know what to say if i knew what to say i would say it but your book love me slender could really support someone if they're in this situation and they don't know how to navigate this complex terrain oh absolutely we wrote the book for that guy because we've yeah. seen that guy we have recordings guy. of, of <laughs> can't that do anything guy right <laughs> and, and and there's a woman who absolutely is is in distress you know we have videotapes of of wives husbands too but you're right many wives who are in distress, and they're saying, mm-hmm. I don't feel good. And you see this guy who loves his wife open his mouth, and his eyes get wide, and he realizes, I don't have anything useful to say here. <laughs> no matter what I say, I'm in trouble. That's right. There's so many yeah. traps. There's so many minefields. And, uh, and, and one trap that we see in particular is he's thinking, okay, wait a minute. I can take over for my wife. I can say, okay, I'll do the shopping, I'll be the taskmaster, I'll be the bad cop, 
and I'll make sure I'll whip you into shape. And then she will hate me. Yes. So I don't want to do that. You don't want to be the weight police. I don't want to be the weight police. And then, or, okay, what are my other options? I can, um, I can just back off and say, well, you know, it's up to you, and uh, I'll be supportive, but I'm just going to watch. I'm just going to watch by the sidelines. And then she's like, well, uh, where are you? You know, I, I need your help. That's not help. That doesn't feel like help. So one thing that, um, that we note in the book is that that's a false choice. The choice between being the weight police or not being involved is a, is a false choice. There's actually lots of little things, and this is, this is the principle of mutual influence in action. There's lots of little things people can do to make it easier for their partners to lose weight. Little, tiny, invisible things that make a big difference. So, I mean, here's one. If you're the one that does the shopping, you don't have to have a big negotiation about it. You just shop for healthier food and make them available in the house. Person opens the fridge. What's in there? Only healthy choices. We didn't have to negotiate that. There's just That's suddenly what's in the fridge. Yeah, that's a really good one. And you say that there are ways that we can nudge our partners towards a healthier lifestyle in subtle ways that they don't notice. Is that one of them? And is there others? That's one of them. Uh, and indeed, uh, indeed there, there, there are plenty of others. Uh, when it comes to exercise, for example, what's the, what's the biggest reason people don't exercise? I don't have time. I just, you know, I, I have too many other ob- obligations. Well, if you're alone, that's, that's all on you. But if you've got a partner, your partner can say, hey, I'm taking over a little bit. <clears throat> I can, I'm stepping up. I'm going to take over some of the things you normally do and give you time to go to the gym. That's something I can do for you. That's not me nagging you. That's not me demanding that you go to the gym. I'm just making it easier. Hey, here's a present. New running shoes. I'm just make because my control your environment, I'm setting up an environment that makes it easier for you to do what's healthy for you to do. You also say there's something called the halo effect, how if just one person commits to a healthier lifestyle, it's not that they have to insist that somebody else does it, but they can um, help the other become healthier without forcing it. It's like it's, it's a covert kind of action. So can you tell me more about the halo effect? That's right. And the, I think you framed it perfectly well, Tammy, when you call it a covert sort of operation. And, and part of this, and you'll know this from your own work, um, is that if you ask somebody to change, the next thing they do is they explain to you why they're not going to change, right? Mm-hmm. There's resistance. People resist change. We're, we're, we sort of like who we are and we try to stick with who we are, right? And that extends to couples and weight loss as well, couples and health. And so um, one of the things that you can do to sort of get beneath the radar of some of those defenses, some of those very natural defenses that we all have, is um, to, to do subtle things, to do small things. So the halo effect, we were really surprised and delighted to read about this in the, um, the health literature. The halo effect says... In all of these studies, and you've seen these in the newspaper about um, uh, the low-carb diet versus the Atkins diet versus the Mediterranean diet, right? So here's a study. Some people are assigned to get one of those diets, and then a year later, they check in with them and see who's lost the most weight. And as long as they stick on the diet, stick with the diet, um, people tend to lose weight. Those, those diets really do work as long as you're uh, sticking with them. But the halo effect takes it one step further. The halo effect says, if we now look at the spouses of those people who are in the weight loss study, who are not part of the study in any way, shape, or form, they also lose weight. And they lose weight 
to the same degree that their partner loses weight. The more the partner loses weight when they're on the diet plan, the more they lose weight without even really having to be in the diet program at all. And this is very much the covert operation. This is the idea that if I'm hanging around a partner who's making good choices about their food, who pushes away the bowl of ice cream, who doesn't order that in the restaurant, who has a piece of fish instead of uh, some big piece of lasagna, uh, if I'm hanging around that person, I get influenced by that person. If I'm hanging around a partner who wants to go for a walk three times a week with the dog around the block, and I start wanting to go with my partner because I love my partner, I'm going to start invisibly losing weight. It's just going to happen. And so that's the halo effect. And, uh, and it answers the question that you raised earlier, which is there's subtle ways. Yeah, start being healthier. Start being the model that you uh, want you want to be and that allows your partner to um, start working toward healthier goals without really having being told to do that. You just sort of set the, the standards a little bit higher and right. we gradually um, rise to that challenge. I love that. You know, I say all the time, if you want your partner to lose weight, take personal responsibility. Yes. Don't worry about them. Take personal responsibility. And we have greater influence by being the living example rather than trying to tell somebody else what to do. Absolutely. And being a positive example, because oftentimes what we do is we threaten our partner, right? We, yes. we, um, we start to change and our partner says, oh, no, my partner is starting to change. I might have to sabotage what they're doing, right? So if we can be a model for our partner and gently encourage our partner to go on that walk with us and to be the active people that we want to be, um, those changes are much more likely with a lot less friction. And who doesn't want that? Absolutely. <laughs> I want some of that. That's friction. <laughs> Make it easy so, for me. Yes, I like it. So you have some suggestions in regards to approaching um, this delicate situation with greater compassion and initiating a more productive dialogue. What can you say about that? A lot of times when people don't know what to say, it's because they think they have to solve the problem for their partner. And, uh, and that's, you know, our partners, often that, that's because our partners are saying, hey, can you solve this problem for me? <laughs> but uh, we don't actually have to do that. There's lots of ways we can be loving without necessarily offering solutions that can then be shot down. So our first suggestion, it seems so simple, and yet it's hard for some couples, begin with a question. Begin with curiosity. When a partner says, I have a problem, you don't have to leap in and solve it. You can say, tell me more about that. What makes that hard for you? I want to know more, and maybe it'll help to explore more why this is so challenging, what makes it challenging. Mm-hmm. And, and helping your partner to understand your partner's own problem is one of the most loving things we can do, even if we don't immediately help to solve that problem. Understanding it is better. So that's always our, our advice for a gentle way in. Just ask a question. Be curious. I love that. I think that's so powerful. Instead of trying to fix or change, if you just ask people questions, we often, maybe always, have our own answers inside of us. But if we're not allowed the space where we can go deeper and deeper, we never access those answers. So I think that's profound wisdom. We can help our partners slow down. And sometimes that's that's really the first step. I love that. You guys are really smart. Thanks. So what if somebody's listening, they're like, I want more of these guys. Where do I get a copy of this book? Can you tell them where they can get a copy of Love Me Slender, How Smart Couples Team Up to Lose Weight, Exercise More, and Stay Healthy Together? 
Sure. Love Me Slender is available in many bookstores, Barnes & Noble uh, for one. Uh, It's also available at Amazon.com. We have a lovemeslenderbook.com website uh, as well. Uh, I think the basic answer is your favorite place to buy books. Our book will be there. But I also want to direct people to another resource that um, you might not naturally think about when you think about a book like this, which is our YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel. Um, if you go to YouTube and type in um, UCLA Relationship Institute, um, you'll see us talking about the book. You'll see us lecturing about the book. But our favorite part about our YouTube channel at the UCLA Relationships Institute is um, uh, actual interviews of couples talking about challenges that they faced in becoming healthier. So we interviewed a number of couples uh, really being very frank and very open about some of the struggles that they had getting on track, some of the difficulties, some of the arguments that they had, and how they overcame them. These are ordinary couples. They're not amazing. Uh, it turns out they are. They're delightful people, but they're not unique or unusual, they've figured out ways to get past this this hurdle. They've figured out ways to team up and eat right and uh, really sort of be uh, one another's advocates for a healthier life. So I would strongly suggest checking out those video tube, uh, videos on uh, YouTube. Yeah, I'm sure you see certain patterns and common denominators. And again, this is such a delicate, and complex subject that you guys, you know, wrote this book, you've been doing this research so that people can... Uh, receive your wisdom and apply it in their lives. I think you're probably improving thousands and thousands of relationships in many ways. <laughs> so I just really enjoyed this conversation, Dr. Bradbury, Dr. Carney. Thank you for taking the time to have it and oh, we love sharing your wisdom and your expertise. You guys are just lovely. Very wise. You, and Tammy. it is a really good book. Easy to read, but profound wisdom. So yeah, commit to getting healthy. Get a copy of this book. And to my listeners, if you have a question for me, any ideas, suggestions for guests, I'd love to connect with you. This is what this is all about, Journey to Center. It's about connecting from the heart. So you can get a hold of me through my website, TammyBPhD.com. Just know you're in our hearts at Empower Radio. God bless you. Onward and upward. Bye for now.